Downstairs, the adults are talking quietly. They are talking about my grandpa and how he is dying. I don't want to believe them, so I stay upstairs by myself, staring blankly at the cover of a book. It's currently 2016, I am 12, and I just began seventh grade. I've never experienced a death in the family before, and losing my grandpa is the worst feeling ever. I had never felt so much pain, and I couldn't yet imagine being able to feel any more. Now, fast forward nine months. My sister and I have been spending afternoons with my grandma to keep her company since my grandpa's passing. We watch Jeopardy or do a puzzle, or I read a book while my grandma watches an old Western. There's one month left in seventh grade, and I spent the school year becoming very close with my grandpa, when suddenly she falls into a coma and passes away. I'm in shock and overwhelmed with grief. But before I can process my grandma's sudden death, my uncle Mark is diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, two weeks after him and my dad lost their mom and I lost my grandma. The doctors give him 23 months. I just don't, I just don't believe it. But before I have enough time to take advantage of the time I've lived with my uncle, he too passes away three weeks after his diagnosis. That was June 2017. My family was left heartbroken. One of the most vivid memories I have of losing my grandma and uncle was the funeral we held for them following their deaths. It was eerily similar to my grandpa's, less than a year prior. I wore the same black dress. My family sat at the same wooden table in front of the same speaker's podium. And all around me, the same guests sat mourning, except this time, there was two fewer people. I had always thought that funerals were a time people said goodbye to their loved ones, and then they moved on. But after that funeral, I refused to say goodbye to my family, and I absolutely refused to move on. And I stayed that way. I did not like to talk about how I felt, not with my friends or my family. I had my own little coping mechanism I've used when I was feeling especially sad, but mostly I just lived day by day. That was until February 2018, eight months after my uncle's passing, when my parents decided it was time to clean out my uncle's house so it could be sold. Until then, we had left his things mostly untouched. My parents had my sister and I begin sorting out his junk drawer. By junk drawer, I really mean junk room. There was so much stuff. I had never seen this room before, and seeing it after his death kind of shocked me a little. There was infomercial products, a TV I presume is from the 90s and hasn't been used since then, <laughs> to a Chia pet of Donald Trump. <laughs> Out of all of the items in that room, the most nostalgic one was my uncle's coin collection. When I was little, my uncle would give me fist bumps and then open his hand and reveal a shiny quarter. As me and my sister got older and started bowing quarters a lot less, he did it more rarely, but remembering it now brought a smile to my face. It was memories like that that I solely tried to remember, the best ones. For some reason, I was afraid if I forgot or remembered, I mean, anything bad about my uncle, I would be dishonoring his memory. But seeing this extra guest room after his death reminded me that my uncle had imperfections and flaws and he was human. And because of that, he was gone. I could no longer coast day by day, trying to ignore all the pain I still felt inside from grief. 
I couldn't pretend nothing ever happened or that maybe this was all a bad dream. I had to finally face my uncle's death as my family worked to leave the house my uncle had lived in for as long as I could remember to leave it empty. When all was said and done and I walked down my uncle's steps for the last time, I knew I had made a big step in grieving. I accepted my uncle's death, but I wasn't done grieving, far from it. In fact, I still don't know if I'd accepted my grandma's death, but my parents wanted to clean her house out next. I should mention, I was working on something else to bring myself closure. I was writing, similar to how many people keep journals. I started writing about the day my grandma fell into her coma and kept on reflecting on every day after that until the morning my uncle passed. I also found poetry helpful as it helped me express my ideas more abstractly. I wrote nearly every day, slowly piecing together in my brain that my grandma had died and she wasn't coming back. Once we started going through my grandparents' house, I was pushed to grieve a little faster. With my uncle's house, it had taken the entire house to be empty for me to finally see his death. But as soon as I stepped inside my grandparents' doorway, their absence was enough. Her grandma's auction wasn't beeping, her dog wasn't barking, the TV wasn't giving off any background noise, the house felt empty. Again, my parents had my sister and I do smaller tasks, such as throwing away expired food in the kitchen or putting stuffed animals from all over the house in bags for goodwill. Nearly every time I went over to my grandparents' house, I ended up bringing something back home. So many things in that house had come to hold sentimental value to me, and I felt that holding on to a few teddy bears or a dozen or so books was the right thing to do. I wasn't necessarily attached to these things when my grandparents were alive, but I was attached to my grandma and grandpa. It was another coping mechanism, I guess. I found comfort in being able to flip through an old book that had belonged to my grandma. It was something physical I could feel, instead of a memory where I couldn't quite capture all the detail. Meanwhile, all the writing I had been doing had grown a lot. I began to realize that the writing I had been doing had taken a new form I now recognized as a book, a memoir to be exact. As a little girl, I had always toyed with the idea of being an author. That's why I turned to writing. I really love to write. Now, without fully realizing it, I had almost written a book. Despite its contents being tremendously personal, I decided if I could figure out how, I wanted to publish my writing for others. I wasn't quite sure about letting anyone read what had become to feel like a diary to me, but I remembered a little girl. Not the one that wanted to be an author, no. I remember the girl that had sat upstairs by herself, trying to block out the sadness coming from the murmurs from the adults downstairs and just staring at a book, but rarely opening the cover. I loved the fantasy worlds that books carried me away to, but I struggled to connect to the characters in the storyline. I hoped that if I published my words, another kid like me would at least have something, and maybe a parent would understand a little better how their own child might feel about grief, and maybe I would help someone. And that brings me to today. After a long revision process and learning a lot about myself, I have published my memoir. I did it through WriteBrain and the amazing people that worked there and helped bring me to this point. I titled it, Dear Deja Vu, I Hate You. While I hope that my memoir can help others, I cannot deny how much it has helped myself. Without that book, I don't know if I would have found closure over losing my grandma and uncle. When I ended my memoir, I was still sad, confused, and a little angry. 
But by finishing my journal for others and going through the homes of my grandparents and uncle, I found the closure I struggled so hard to get after my grandma's passing. I ended my book once I wrote the chapter in which my uncle passed away. But I feel that my family's story doesn't end there. The final chapter was about finding a resolution. As to that, here's what I've got to say. You can spend a lot of time running from your feelings, fearing those feelings, and getting lost in grief. But by returning to the past, I was able to grieve and finally heal. Thank you.